Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome, Welcome to, to our Emotions Matter, Matter Really podcast. podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Emotions Matter Really. How are you doing today, Chantel? I'm doing much better than I have for a while. Still a bit cold. The wind is not great. Typical for this time of year though, being August, but (laughs) it's a little bit chilly. Yes, just when we thought that spring was around the corner and the warmth was in the air, winter Mm -hmm. said, this is like deja vu. I'm sure we've said this before. (laughs) And there was a little bit of a sting in the tail. So here we are recording again and it's still reminding us of the season that we're in. Yes. But we did have a good week. I know you just said you're feeling better and Mm -hmm. I want to say that I'm feeling much better as well. So really looking forward to continued improvement in well-being. Mm -hmm. And so how was the week for you? Mm, Yes, well, The week was good um, and great to coming out of last week's podcast and some of the some of the elements and the things that we learned about or that we were reminded about from our last podcast inspired us to focus our attention this week on the five pillars of emotional fitness. Yeah, in our last podcast, we spoke about some of the studies that had recently been done it found significant value in being able to improve one's emotion regulation skills, which are needed to control emotional responses to difficult emotional states Mm -hmm. or situations. And as a result, this helps people manage anxiety, depression, as well as other difficult or negative emotions. Yes, and that's what our work does. Our work focuses very specifically on building emotional fitness, which is around knowing how to regulate your your emotional state, specifically through using our process called Shape of Emotion. Um, But we advocate for individuals, specifically groups, to learn how to build and then remain emotionally fit. Yes, our approach is proactive, it's multifaceted, And as you said, it includes the emotion regulation process that we developed Mm -hmm. with the beautiful name, Shape of Emotion. Yes, Shape of Emotion. And we have this wonderful, if not verbose, description of Shape of Emotion, which I'm going to encourage Matthew (laughs) to say. So Shape of Emotion is a model 
firstly, and the process and the tool mm -hmm. of how we structure, store, represent, and then key, regulate, regulate. our inner emotional yes. states. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and to put it another way, effectively, whether you do it for yourself, so you to you, or if you wish to learn it, we have offerings that allow you to become trained in the shape of emotion so you can facilitate it in groups or one-on-one -on -one. but it's about working with the subjective experience mm. your personal inner subjective experience yes. of an emotional state yes and while these inner emotional states can you can see the sort of outward effects of them maybe be uh, have them predicted whether through AI or other activities, the inner experience is unique and it's personal. And yet what is beautiful and lovely about Shape of Emotion is that you can work with that experience. And as you do that in conjunction with a couple of other things that, or a few other things we're going to delve deeper into, you will build emotional fitness. Mm, yes. And we have a working definition of emotional fitness. And I say it's a working definition because it does, um, it may change and it has changed occasionally and it may continue to change. But I think the core elements of it will stay the same. So the working definition says the following. Emotional fitness is an ongoing developmental process of deepening self-awareness, attunement with one's body and emotional state and increased comfort with openness and vulnerability. It is a growing ability to tolerate discomfort while considering a resourceful course of action or response. It includes being resilient and coming back after faltering. So we could say that definition again, just so that you can wrap your head around it, but we chose not to. It's quite a mouthful. Yes. Instead, what we're going to do yes. is split it up into its pieces and look at each piece in a yes. little bit more detail. Yes. And there's seven elements. Yes. So there's seven elements of emotional fitness. So although this podcast is called the five pillars of emotional fitness, within those pillars are seven elements. Well, yes. And if you're still following along, good for you. <laughs> and hopefully by the end of the podcast, yes. you'll be as confused as we aren't. As we aren't. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> well, like anything, it's a layering process. Yes. And uh, yeah, if you enjoy our work, enjoy our approach, then you may need to listen to this one again, because this is kind of key, this mm. information. And mm. this is relatively new work for us. This is us again pushing the boundaries relative to what we have discovered over the last few months utilizing shape of emotion. And so it kind of reflects where we are. So yes. the first part of the emotional fitness model is drum roll, an ongoing developmental process. Yes. So ongoing means it's going to be continuous. Mm. It's evolving. It doesn't stand still. Mm -hmm. It's about growth change, expansion, progress, mm. onwards, upwards. Mm. And it's also about letting go, pruning, releasing yes. as well. Yes. It is a process, not an event. Yep. 
The second element is deepening self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is a concept that many of us think we know what it means. Um, uh, we have found through our research and certainly the extensive research by Dr. Tasha Urich that self-awareness has two elements to it. There's internal self-awareness and there's external self-awareness. And the internal self-awareness is how we view ourselves in relation to our values, our emotions, our strengths and weaknesses and environment. And the external self-awareness is when we ask others that we trust and that we know are going to be honest and open with us, but we ask them for feedback on how they perceive we are. And, you know, asking for that feedback isn't always easy. So um, we will come to that need to be open and feel vulnerable a little bit later, which is another element of emotional fitness. The third aspect to the emotional fitness model is attunement to body and attunement to emotional state, mm. really building or cultivating this sense of bodyfulness. And what it means is to listen to your body. What is your body telling you? Your body is actually communicating with you all the time. The question really is, are you listening? And really this particular aspect is cultivating the capacity to hear what your body has to tell you. Mm. And there's this beautiful metaphor that Chantel wrote for the podcast. It's about having a metaphoric ear which listens to the notes of the body, the chords of emotion to pick up any discordances, any messages telling you that something is out of tune. Mm. Yes. And again, it's a skill that you can develop because so many of us have learned to be disconnected from our bodies. Yes, and in learning that skill or in acquiring the skill through action, through doing, you build experience, you build embodiment. So you become even more deeply attuned to your body. Yes. The fourth element is an increased comfort with openness and vulnerability. And that's what I was talking to a little bit earlier and when we talk about openness it can be defined as a quality or state of being accessible or available the quality of being um, receptive to new ideas opinions or arguments it's about being open-minded and it can also be an unreserved candid or fr frank manner so there again two two sides to the openness coin um, it can also be viewed as being honest and sincere. The vulnerability side, on the other hand, is a willingness to show emotion or allow one's weaknesses to be seen or known. As we understand, um, being vulnerable is something that many of us run away kicking and screaming because we've been taught that to be vulnerable means that we are weak. And of course, that isn't so. But much more about that, not now, but certainly in work that we'll be doing later on and part of a book that we're putting together. Yes, as well as maybe some other future podcast mm -hmm. episodes. Indeed. So number five is a tolerance for discomfort. To be uncomfortable or uneasy isn't pleasant. And it sends many of us seeking any way to make us mm -hmm. feel better. The challenge here is to be able to lean into the discomfort, unhook from the trigger and then make resourceful choices in the face of these feelings. Mm. 
And we know that there are many cultures, particularly westernized cultures, that love to avoid discomfort, love to do anything to avoid feeling discomfort. And sometimes you need to feel it. There's this whole notion, you know, if there isn't discomfort, challenge or adversity. Yes, yes. there's no growth if you yes. don't have discomfort, actually. Yes. You need, if you look even stories, mm -hmm. they need, the hero needs the discomfort of the bad, mm. bad person, bad guy. Mm. Exactly. So it's vital and important that we have something to work against or mm. work through. Mm. And that's the discomfort. Mm. Yes, and this particular element talks to also the way that we protect and parent our children and try and avoid them feeling discomfort and actually what we're doing is a disservice. But more about that possibly in another podcast. Well, we're certainly racking up these future podcast episodes, but uh, <laughs> let's carry on with this one. Yes. So the sixth element is resilience. And resilience is that a capacity to recover from difficult life events and the ability to bounce back. Um, and some of us are actually born more resilient than others, but resilience is also a skill that you can develop and, uh, and learn more about and become more resilient. Um, so that's uh, another element of emotional fitness. And we'll draw a line there and say that it won't be in a future podcast episode. <laughs> oh, you know, we just might put it in. I mean, really, I don't know. I think it's a fantastic topic for podcast well there yes i i agree number seven and the last aspect or element of the emotional fitness model the way we see emotional fitness is coming back after faltering mm. and i love this one and this is all about acknowledging that you won't always get it right oh no damn you won't always do it perfectly hmm mm. For those of you that think perfectionism is a thing. And uh, the idea here is that you'll also not stick with the practice. Mm. No matter how good your intentions are. Mm. And like mindfulness teaches us that you return to your point of focus or breath or whatever it is that you are utilizing to help you when your mind has wandered. Or actually when you realize that your mind has wandered. Mm -hmm. It's the same idea here. But you do it non-judgmentally because the idea is not to rid your mind of thoughts because this is impossible, but it's to train you to become aware of the mind. In mindfulness, they talk about the monkey mind and the shenanigans that it gets up to. And it's the same here when you're building emotional fitness. Mm. You will falter. You will fall off the practice wagon. You will get distracted. You will fall back on old habits. Yep. And being emotionally fit means you are compassionate to yourself and you're accepting and accommodating enough so that you return, and this is key, return to your practice with anticipation and kindness. Mm. So you go easy on yourself. Mm. And it really is about the consistency. It's about moderation. It's about balance. Yes. So as long as you're doing it 80%, 70 to 80% of the time, that's mm. all that counts. Mm. We love to berate ourselves. We love to judge ourselves. We love to say we're not good enough and we can't do this and then just give up. And the challenge is to um, come back, start again, 
pick up where we left off. I mean, we've done that. We do it. We have practice and then we something happens and we stop our practice for a while and then we come back again. We find different ways of doing it at different times because, you know, life has this way of getting in the way. Mm, it's called life happens. Yes. And so coming back and then realizing, wow, um, you know, of, of course we need to carry on doing this. Um, but we do fall off the wagon as well yep. in so many ways. And that again, it's a reminder that the change happens through the consistency, mm. the consistent yes. effort, yes. yes, the consistent application, the consistent coming back. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that is, is key. Um, and just like physical fitness, if you don't do it for a while because you're injured or you're, you're ill, you'll lose the muscle, but you, that muscle memory is always there and you'll bring, build it back much quicker afterwards when you get back to um, the training again. And it's the same in this instance with emotional fitness too. And, you know, all these elements, which we've covered now, the seven elements, we go into in much more detail in the book that we are working on. Um, and yes, possibly there is a podcast in the future, um, but right now we can continue with the five pillars because emotional fitness is not only about learning how to regulate your emotions. It's really a holistic approach that has five pillars that uh, hold it up. Yeah, so there were seven components or aspects to this model of emotional fitness. Elements. Seven elements, thank elements. you which live or rest on five pillars. Yep. But before you can get there, you actually have to do something else. Oh, no. This is like a, it's yes. like a, 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 a obstacle course. It's like, but first. It's called the hero's, or in your case, heroine, <laughs> journey. Okay. Yes. That's true. Because there are mm -hmm. three tenets. Or three maxims of change so if you're following along good maybe this podcast we should have said you need to take notes <laughs> you can always come back and listen again yes so before we come to the five pillars it's very important to remember that building emotional fitness requires an acceptance of these three things the first one is i must want to change because mm, emotional fitness is about change absolutely and it's about adaptive change not Technical change. So no one can force me to improve my emotional fitness. Mm. It has to be my choice mm -hmm. because I see the benefit for me and my overall well-being. Yeah. There will be a need to provide that commitment, the discipline, the mm. consistency. The question is, if I want to change, am I up to it? Sometimes you say to people, what's it worth to you? Oh, anything. <laughs> It's like, really? Yes, really? So can you commit to doing something to improve your life, to changing your mm. situation mm. on an ongoing basis? So that's what you need to do. Mm. You must want really to. Really want to. The second one is it starts with me. So it's my responsibility and only mine. The buck stops with me. I can't blame the government, the weather, the neighbor, the neighbor's dog. Mm -hmm. I choose to step out of the drama triangle yep. i choose to stop blaming and shaming mm. a reminder it starts with me and then thirdly and perhaps this one may be a surprise or something to ponder on or to consider 
is that I must be prepared to come back to my body, mm. reconnect with it, relearn, re-listen to what it is communicating to me. Mm. And it's mm. not that you necessarily have left your body. The thing is, a lot of our society messages and culture messages don't really train or teach or encourage us to be listening to our bodies. Mm. No, they don't. And we are disconnected. And we've said this thing about being, you know, coming back to your body a couple of times. And it's really, really important because the only way we're going to know how we feel is by... Connecting to our body and feeling it. And feeling it. That's right. Absolutely. The somatic sensation that is in our body. Mm. You can sit removed from your feelings and mm. label them and talk about them in the third person. But if you truly want to experience it, you have to experience it. That's right. And here is great metaphor. Chances are you've had a cup of coffee. <gasps> I imagine trying to describe to someone who hasn't the experience mm. of drinking a nice cup of coffee. Yes. Versus setting one down in front of them and saying, here, drink this. There we go. Yes, there's nothing better than the experience of something that you wish to mm. impart or teach or train. And that's what that third one is. So mm. moving on to the five pillars. Yes. So if we look at the five pillars, they are the following. Thinking, nourishing, moving, relating, and feeling. Thinking, nourishing, moving, relating, and feeling. And as the want for this podcast, you guessed it, we're going to delve a little deeper into each one of these, beginning with thinking. Yes. So thinking is not just about, in fact, thinking, let's talk about what it is, not what it isn't. Um, being open to learning, lifelong learning, being open to um, new ideas, uh, it's also about critical thinking. It's being open to not getting it right first time, maybe feeling a little bit clumsy, um, open to things that maybe you were not aware of or um, weren't really exposed to before, but willing to take a chance with delving into them. It is also about uh, the critical analysis of what you are um, observing or learning about, uh, not just taking it at face value. And it's also being, uh, being careful about what it is that you do consume. So what things are you consuming in the thinking realm? And the thing here, the key thing here as adults is being able to relax and realize that it's okay to get it wrong. It's okay not to get it right the first time. If you watch children learn, children learn by making mistakes. And then slowly but surely we have that educated out of us. And then we arrive at the end of our schooling career as adults, potentially afraid to make mistakes because sometimes the impact of that mistake can be rather punitive and land us in a lot of hot water. And so here it's also about putting thinking, kind of taking it, taking the king out of thinking and putting thinking alongside a whole bunch of other things that we can utilize to build our emotional fitness. Yes, yeah, so before you spoke about thinking as being like the king, so when we look at the, the thinking brain in the past, it's 
been very much about the rational brain sits above the emotional brain and we know that that's not that's not true and it's about thinking being with it's being on the same level equal to all these other elements that build emotional fitness yes and i think the last piece here just to add and maybe we're talking at quite a lot of detail around thinking but it's because you know we believe the world thinks too much mm. at times and it's it's not necessarily relegating it but it's utilizing our thinking for what it was designed to do a lot of the time we identify with thinking and our thinking becomes the the aspect or the element that we identify with and we're so much more than what we think in that sense we need to place thinking alongside these others as you just so rightly said the next pillar is nourishing and this is obviously about what you put into your body and you may immediately be drawn to food and again remember it's about the consistency so as long as what you're putting into your body is nourishing from a food perspective the majority of the time it does afford you the space to indulge every now and again but it's not just about food nourishment or liquid nourishment it is also about what you expose yourself to in terms of negativity so the news social media movies books that kind of thing how are you nourishing yourself through the realm or the lens of thinking perhaps and exposing yourself to more positive things and one of the great ways to do that is to be in nature observe nature observe life mm. and we have a cat that's playing next to us making a bit of a noise and that's okay and yes nourishing is also about self-care and i think that's what you're alluding to there um, which includes things like play and creativity yeah being being creative is vitally important mm. Mm. because it's about the experience again it's about the experience it doesn't have to have an end in mind, an end goal. It doesn't have to have a destination. Yes. It can just be done for the sake of doing it. Yes. Yes. And that's it. And learning to play. And those elements of play where we allow ourselves just to be silly and relaxed and playful. And there's a great deal of wonderful research around how important play is for adults. And we know how important play is for children. Some of us uh, want to prevent our children from playing as much as they should, but play is really important um, for adults as well. Mm. And the whole thing around getting it right, maybe this is talking back into thinking, but you know, I said to someone the other day, I've decided to take up drawing. And they said to me, are you any good at it? As if that was a prerequisite. And I thought to myself, well, imagine I said, I'm going to take up walking. <laughs> Would they have said, are you any good at it? Yes. Exactly. So it's not about the end in mind, it's just about the experience of it. Yes, just doing it as well. And talking of walking, that leads into the next pillar, which is? Yes, moving. We are so sedentary, typically, as human beings. And we were built, our bodies were built to move. They were built to run, to carry, to push, to pull, to hold. Jump. To jump. And we typically sit so much. We sit in front of our screens. We sit in public transport. We sit in our cars. Sit at the table. Sit, sit at the and table. Watch television. Yes, we just sit. <clears throat> um, and we really do need to be more 
active. And moving is, re is important for emotional fitness because it allows you also, it helps with um, releasing and letting go emotions as well. Whether it is exuberance and joy, I mean, literally jumping for joy, or whether it's something like anger, even anxiety, it's really useful to be able to get, get active and to move, literally move those chemicals and hormones out of our, out of our system by being active. And that's why moving is such a key, a key pillar <laughs> of emotional fitness. And then we have relating. And most importantly is the ability, perhaps relearning it, to relate to ourselves. Mm. So I need to build and foster a loving relationship from me to me. Mm. Because if I'm disconnected from me, disconnected from my body, then how can I meaningfully connect with another human being? Mm. Mm. I can't. Because I have no lived experience, I have no tools, no capacity, no experience in really relating. I haven't related to myself, so how can I relate to another? Well, some people think they can. And some people just give all their energy to other people and, and are disconnected from their own needs. And that's that's not great either. You actually are doing yourself and the others a disservice by doing that. Well, it's not sustainable. And mm. in some instances, it's actually empty because it has no real basis or foundation. Mm. And if we have a better relationship with ourselves, then that will reflect in our relationship with others. And that then is extended into our environment as well. Mm. And uh, we were driving somewhere earlier today and saw that billboard. Yep, that's was right. all about conquering the natural elements. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't like to be in a relationship with anyone that wanted to conquer, conquer. me. Yes. And this is really, perhaps, you know, you might argue it's just words, but is it really? Mm. Because if we are more connected with our environment, we may treat it a lot differently. And, yes. you know, the relating also, as you like to remind us, is also about building community. Yes, absolutely. Because we are social beings. Yes, and as social beings, we literally regulate each other. So we cannot be isolated. It, it, uh, it's okay to be alone every now and again, but to be isolated is actually really bad for us and can eventually kill us. Uh, not only because we get so depressed um, that we have suicide ideation, but if we are left alone long enough, we will wilt and we will die. And that's why us, uh, lockdown and putting people in isolation and things like solitary confinement are mm. actually very, very bad yes. for our emotional fitness and mental well-being. Mm. And then the last pillar is the feeling pillar. Mm. And here we go back to our body again. <laughs> so this is all about coming back to our body and reconnecting with it, reconnecting with our, our somatic sensations, reconnecting with how we feel, why we feel, not even necessarily why, but just being able to reconnect to this thing that holds up this head um, and starting to learn again what it is that our body is telling us um, and starting to be more attuned to that and learning the language again of our bodies. And building emotion regulation skills, mm. becoming aware of how we avoid our feelings, mm -hmm. becoming aware of you know those things that trip us up, the triggers, maybe the 
unconscious beliefs that we mm-hmm. run and then finding better ways to deal with our difficult emotions mm. and one of the most effective ways that we know of is to use this beautiful process called shape of emotion and you can use do it stand alone or you can do it as part of an emotional fitness class and we share a little bit more about this at the end of the podcast mm, exactly and with that we've come to the end of our discussion and chat around the five pillars of emotional fitness mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite times in the podcast which is poetry time mm, so yes. what do you have to support pillars yes this time so i went and looked for poems about emotions there are lots of them but this one stuck out for me it's called solitude by ella wheeler wilcox and the first two lines are very recognizable for most people i actually didn't know that it came from her and that it was part of a much longer poem well let's hear it great solitude by ella wheeler wilcox laugh and the world laughs with you weep and you weep alone for the sad old earth must borrow its mirth but has trouble enough of its own sing and the hills will answer sigh it is all lost on the air the echoes bound to a joyful sound but shrink from voicing care rejoice and the men will seek you grieve and they turn and go they want full measure of all your pleasure but they do not need your woe be glad and your friends are many be sad and you lose them all There are none to decline your nectared wine, but alone you must drink life's gall. Feast and your halls are crowded, fast and the world goes by. Succeed and give, and it helps you live, but no man can help you die. There is room in the halls of pleasure for a large and lordly train. But one by one, we must all file on through the narrow aisles of pain. Quite a sobering poem there, just in terms of how we accept all the mm-hmm. positive, mm-hmm. supportive emotions and then are left alone mm. to deal with or run away from yes. the difficult negative stuff. Indeed. And uh, what that reminds us here certainly is that all our emotions have a role and a function and as we touched on earlier you know without adversity there are no heroes or heroines so we do need that yes and all emotions are necessary thank you very much Chantel for putting the podcast together as always a lovely lovely journey Mm. Yeah, so we've come to the end of our podcast and uh, from me, Chantal, remember, all emotions are necessary, but be kind and be gentle to yourselves until we meet again. Bye for now. And from me, Matthew, remember, it's about the coming back, Mm -hmm. the consistency. So whatever practices you are engaging in to make your world a better place, remember to do it consistently. So with that, until we meet again. 
bye for now. And if you enjoyed this podcast and haven't already done so, then subscribe or follow us. You can also find out more about what we do and who we are by going to our website, fifth.place. That's all it is, five, T-H dot place. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you're interested in learning more about Shape of Emotion or even building your emotional fitness, then you can take one of our courses. You can take the course called Mastering Your Emotions. It gives a really lovely detailed entry point Mm -hmm. into the work. And if you're interested in experiencing an emotional fitness class and learning to build your emotional fitness, because that's what happens when Mm -hmm. you attend emotional fitness classes regularly, well, these links in the description for the podcast and if you found this podcast to be of value and would like to meet this value then consider making a donation to fifth place the link is in the description and uh, your donation will also support not only us providing more of this kind of content but it facilitates and enables us to take our work into those places Mm. that don't have access to data or technology or perhaps can't afford what it is that we're offering in terms of building emotional fitness. Yes.